Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Disability Dojo. This is episode three in a trilogy in which we are unpacking some of the knowledge and wisdom that Stephen Pressfield brought to us in his book, The War of Art. This is the first time I'm actually bringing uh, a book that I'm specifically honing into on the dojo and unpacking it. And there's a good reason to recap some of the um, previous episodes. We're talking about the gist of the book, which is that we are all called into this life to live our life's purpose. It's our job to find out what that purpose is and to go live that life. And the assertion of the book is, is that unfortunately, many of us don't live that life and we have an unlived life. And the reason that Stephen Pressfield asserts is because the resistance is preventing us from living our calling. We've described the resistance as being this invisible force that can be felt. It can be heard as that internal monologue that tells us uh, we're not good enough, that stokes fear in us, that uh, will basically self-sabotage us and, and do anything that it can to prevent us from living our life's purpose. We talked in the second episode after describing and defining it. We explained how it really manifests in our life as either procrastination or any kind of addictions that we may have to distract us from living our life's purpose, how it can also come to us in the forms of complaining and blaming others and seeing the hypocrisy that's out there in the world, how it can manifest in all these different forms that we talk about. Well, in this episode, we're going to give some strategies on how to beat the resistance because let's face it, if there is this invisible force that's out there, that's universal, that's not personal, but aims to bring us down, look, this is something that we need to, to realize that we are in a fight to live our highest purpose. And we must win this fight because we are here to basically be the best version of ourselves. And if there's anything that's going to bring us down from it, we need to make sure that we are on our best game to be able to, to, to defend it. So welcome to a very important wrap on a three-part trilogy of the dojo. How to beat this implacable, merciless force that's in our lives that aims to bring us down? Well, in Stephen Pressfield's book, yeah, he, he definitely goes into some ways, and I'm going to add on some other ways as well that I've found to be very important in my life. The first one is, is what I call The Matrix. The Matrix was a movie that basically its premise was is that we're living in this world that we don't even realize that we are uh, prisoners. You know, it's been said that the best way to keep someone in prison is to uh, fool them into believing, you know, that they're, they're actually living a free life when, in fact, they're in their own prison. And I think it's also been said that the best trick that the uh, devil ever played was to convince man or humankind that it wasn't real. And so I think the first thing is, is to, you know, if we don't realize that the resistance is real, 
we're already going to likely be defeated by it. So the first thing is, is uh, take the blue pill. I think it's the blue pill in the matrix that, that will allow us to see reality and to not live in an illusion and to see the resistance for what it is. This real universal invisible force that is aiming to uh, keep us from evolving to the, the best degree possible that we can be in our lives. I think understanding and having faith that the resistance is something that's real. Step one, the matrix. Two, awareness. You know, I've said this as a thread throughout so many different episodes. I think it's just a, such a universal truth is that once we're understanding that the resistance is real, being aware of that voice when it creeps in our head and it tells us that you know we can't do something, that we're not good enough, if, it, if we're hearing fear, um, if we're complaining inside of our head, to immediately be aware of that, to not get lost in the spell of that internal monologue that goes inside our head, to immediately separate from it and to observe it. And for me, I almost uh, when I when I can observe that resistance. I can see it's trying to land on something. You ever been channel surfing? I feel like the resistance channel surfs in my head and trying to land on something that it can focus on, you know, or in going from problem to problem to problem that it can land on and sink its teeth into. And, and when I observe it, uh, it stops flipping the channels so fast. It starts to get a little slower when I observe it, kind of like a, almost like a spinning top as well would be another metaphor. So, so the resistance loves to spin around, spin around and spin around and go in circles. But if I can observe it and not be the spinning, um, it starts to slow down and, and it doesn't go as fast. And just through plain observation, I can tell that it just will eventually stop. And so I think awareness is, is such a very powerful thing because if I'm not aware of that resistance, if I'm not looking at it as the observer, I'm just lost in the trance and the spell of being that resistance. And, and it can get wired into us neurologically. I've said before, you know, that a thought is, is a neuron firing in our brain. And if uh, I, I feed the resistance and allow it to continue to have thoughts that are neurons firing, it'll be neurons that fire together, wire together. So I can stop that wiring by observing it and then directing my awareness Two thoughts that are more positive that can bring me out of that trance is huge. So awareness and being the observer of the resistance as it does its dance, as it plays its game, it's just hunting and looking for something to land on. Stephen Pressfield, uh, number three here, talks about beating resistance through the lens of the amateur versus the professional. And so he says, be a professional. What do professionals do? They know that they're in for some work. And so they clock in every day. We talked in a previous episode that resistance it will show up every day and the, the, the battle for our soul, for our life's purpose must be fought anew each and every day. And so he asserts that we got to know that every day when we wake up, we're going to work to bring down the resistance before it brings us down. And, and what do professionals do? We, we show up to work every day, whether we feel good or bad and do the job that's at hand. So for example, when I worked at the Department of Child and Family Services and I had to go and be there to be of service to teens and, and, and children that were remanded into state custody for abandoned and abuse neglect, no matter how my life was going. And during this time, I, I was going through um, you know, some very personal challenges. I was going through a divorce and it was very emotionally traumatizing. I could not bring that into my work. I could not be there and be emotionally supportive 
of these children and these teens if I was bringing in my baggage. I had to shift gears as I walked through that door and be a professional. I had to do that in years when I was teaching at the University of Florida. You know, I had some family members that were going through some, you know, really tough, you know, medical issues. And, you know, when I went in to go and teach that class, I couldn't bring those issues in today. If when I was interacting with students, I couldn't do that. I, I know that here at our center. You know, when we have staff coming to work, they might be going through some tough personal challenges and they, they got to come into work and to be the best service that they can. When we show up as professionals, you know, we show up to do our work. We don't allow other externalities to bring us down. And we can have a thousand excuses for why we can't come to uh, you know, work every day and to go up against the resistance. We, we cannot allow those excuses to happen. We got to clock in and, and do the work. Amateurs, on the other hand, um, do the work when they're inspired. They can be weekend warriors. They don't necessarily show up every day to do work. You know, Stephen Pressfield goes uh, a long way to describing the difference between amateurs and professionals. And that is a really good analogy, I think, um, for when we are up against this resistance. We got to be a professional and do our job and not just allow it to do it when we feel motivated. And, and, and I think that's a real core thing that he's driving towards here is that professionals are disciplined. Uh, no matter what, we, we are going to make sure that we're showing up to do the work that's necessary. And the work here that's necessary is not allowing the resistance to bring us down. Number four would be, you know, having order in our life and routine in our life. So resistance would want us to have a life that is erratic. You know, so if we don't have order in our life, we're subject perhaps to unpredictability. And a life without order is a life that's erratic. And, and I think having order. So, for example, morning routines are talked about a lot. So what are the first things that we're doing when we awake out of our slumber? And, and so many successful people, whether they're artists or, or in athletics or in, in the business community, they talk about uh, often many of them, you know, having a practice of just meditating. You know, like the worst thing to do is to check our phone to see what's going on in social media. Who went on a tweet storm while I was sleeping? That's like the worst thing to do right away. Resistance would love us to do something like that. Rather, let's check in with our mind. Where, where is it going? You may be reeling it back in and not allowing it to go to certain places and, and, and allowing it to calm down. Doing certain rituals in the morning can establish a certain mindset, a certain heart set certain health set and tensions for the day to, to keep us on track. I know order is very good just for my kids. I love it when they have winter break or summer vacations or extra long weekends. And the first couple of days are great. Spontaneity is good. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have spontaneousness in our life. But when we start to more long-term, uh, routine's important. I can tell that, you know, even with them, their behavior starts to go a little sideways, the unpredictability of the day. They're more subject to becoming restless, to getting into more disagreements with one another. I think we naturally crave predictability and routine. Um, Variety's good to throw in there and in intermix it, but I think order and routine can be a very good thing to making sure that, you know, we are well protected against the resistance that will show up in our day-to-day -day lives. So having order stems, I think, a little bit from that discipline and the professional has. Number five, I like Brandon Bouchard. He's a has to do with what he does every day. He asks three questions to set his intentions for the day. Question number one is, is what do I have to look forward to today? So he already sets his mind onto the positivity, those things that are going to elevate him, things that he's going to learn, 
things that are going to allow him to be a better person, how he can contribute and be a service to others, how he can make the world a better place. He's already asking this question to get himself geared for optimism and to figure out what he can look forward to in the day. And I think all of us have something that we can pick out, even if we have a tough day and challenging day ahead of us. You know, what is it that we can actually look forward to in the day? Sets uh, already something in place that I think can be some armor and protection against the resistance. Number two, he asks himself, you know, what is it I need to look out for? What are some of the traps during the day that could bring me down that I need to prepare myself for? And again, I think we're already, by asking this question, putting ourselves in a position like, what's resistance going to be up to? What is some of the sneakery and trickery or predictability that the resistance will have? If I got something to do later on today that, you know, maybe I'm giving a presentation, I can almost guarantee that, you know, I'm, I might have this, these kind of thoughts or I'll be prepared if the slides aren't working or if I get a question that might ask this way or that way. Already figuring out, it's kind of like the stoic principle of premeditatio malorium. You know, what could go wrong? and being prepared for that. I'm almost can guarantee, you know, I'm going to come across somebody not having a good day today and they may say some things that are disrespectful. I'm going to be prepared for that. That might happen today. And so when, it, when and if it does, I'm going to respond in this way because if I'm not prepared, the resistance will love that and I might not respond in the best way. That's the second question. The third question I really like as well. He asked, you know, where can I bring surprise or joy into the day for somebody else? I think this is a total disruptor kind of question for the resistance. It brings in that, again, spontaneity is always a good thing. Where can I bring in something that can really just make a situation, just the present moment alive and, and for someone else and will bring me joy, likely too, if I can think that. Where can I bring joy and surprise into the day for someone else especially? when that happens. So asking those questions that Brandon Burchard brings to us, you know, what can I look forward to? What do I need to look out for? And where can I bring the joy? Number five. All right. That was a good one. So number six is the wall of virtue. I believe his name is Malachi Finley. He's a, he's a rabbi. He's been on uh, a couple of podcasts that I really love and listen to Rich Roll, Ryan Holiday. He is this phenomenal person that has tons of wisdom, but he talks about starting the day by observing you know, his mind and how it's hunting for problems to land onto and can tell like when it's pulling certain ways and he says, okay, I can tell it's going in this direction. What virtue do I need to meet that resistance that the mind's trying to land on? And it might be a different virtue or value that is needed for each day. So, you know, maybe it's going towards procrastination one day. You know, it's wanting to kind of be lazy or, or to, to put off things that I know that should get done to the next day. And so maybe the virtue that, you know, he's bringing in into the day is a, a strong work ethic, doing things that we don't want to do but need to do, discipline. Uh, maybe it's trying to land on, you know, being angry or slighted about something that's happened in the past, and uh, he needs to bring in the virtue of forgiveness. Maybe, maybe it's trying to land on thinking, uh, propping ourselves up and, and making our you know, self-worth a little more inflated than it needs to be and justified for doing that and not feeling appreciated by other people. Well, maybe it's the virtue of humility that needs to be made. So building the wall of virtue and whatever virtue that may ever be needed. There's so many virtues out there. Maybe I'm wanting to get things done quickly. Maybe it's the virtue of patience that I need to be bringing out for either for the day or for the moment or whatever it might be. But he calls it the wall of virtue. And so what wall of virtue do we need to build to fortify ourselves 
against that resistance. And then speaking of virtues, I'm going to say number seven on how to beat resistance is patience. Being able to have the patience to know that, you know, resistance will show up every day and every minute if we allow it to. You know, life's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Uh, it's better to be the tortoise than the hare. And, and having patience with ourselves, too, because we're not always going to be at our best. When it comes to resistance, it, it may take us down from moment to moment. But to realize the next moment's anew, the next day's anew, and to have patience with us as we go down this path of always having to face that resistance and, and being patient with ourselves, because resistance has tons of patience. It's an eternal and universal force. It's always going to be there, you know, being patient. Uh, number eight, self-love, you know, loving ourselves enough to go live our calling, uh, loving ourselves to know that if we have music inside of us, it is our job to bring that music out into the world and to love ourselves enough to be able to go do that. It requires sacrifice. It requires all these other kind of things. Uh, to be able to do that, going back to what I just said, we might be getting taken down by resistance here and there, but to love ourselves enough to get back up, dust ourselves off, and to continue on the path of evolving. I, I think I've mentioned this in past episodes. I, I love um, <laughs> asking myself the question, if I love myself, would I truly hold this thought? If I'm holding thoughts that aren't so positive for me, if I truly love myself, would, it, would I keep continuing that thought? Would I think the thoughts that resistance wants me to think about myself, the doubt, the fear, the resentments? No, I wouldn't. Uh, so asking myself that question intermittently throughout the day, if I love myself, would I hold on to these thoughts? If I love myself, would I say this you know, to somebody else? If I love myself, would I do this? Would, and it could be something as simple as like, if I love myself, would I really eat what I'm, what I'm wanting to eat right now? If I love myself, would I really be lazy or would I be active? I think that's a very important question to always ask and to be able to do that. And listen, this self-love thing is a new thing for me. I ain't going to lie. Uh, it's only been something that I've been really trying to understand more and to put in practice on a daily thing. But and one of the things that helped me out a lot is to you know see myself through the lens of a parent. Um, what would I want for myself if I was the parent of myself? And, and that can be a good orientation if, if anyone's uh, struggling with uh, you know, self-love. And self-love is not narcissism. Self-love is not ego. It's not those things. But it's truly uh, caring about ourselves enough to delay gratification or to make, to make the right choices about what we think, what we say, and what we do. So I think self-love and loving ourselves enough is, is something that's very important in order to really uh, address the resistance in our life. Uh, number nine would be to treat success and failure the same. One thing that I find very helpful is that understanding that there are going to be times where, you know, I'm able to overcome resistance. It can feel really good. I'm very thankful for it, but not to get overconfident and cocky about it either. I don't want to be over the moon and think I got it licked. And, and I think resistance would love nothing more than to get high on my own supply to think that I got it licked and it won't come back again. Um, this too shall pass is always good when I think it's during tough times, but it's important for me to always keep that in mind when times are good as well. Helps me to savor the moment a little bit too, but to also be temperate and moderate with success and also with failure too. So, so the bonus of with this point of view is, yeah, on one hand, I don't want to get too over the moon with success, but also don't get too down if somehow, some way, you know, resistance beats me. Maybe I procrastinate. Maybe I ruminate, hold on to resentment. Maybe I complain and blame. I can beat myself up for that and really get down on myself because I, I know better. I should do better. 
you know, again, resistance would love that if I, <laughs> you know, could just double down on it beating me with uh, more self-deprecating feelings. And so that that's just bonus for the resistance to be able to do that. But if I can see that, like, you know what, it kind of goes back to the self-love. I'm, I'm human. I'm, I'm subject to not being at my best. Uh, I can learn by uh, not succeeding. And, and, you know, how did the resistance get the best of me? I can learn from it. And maybe it, it's not a failure. Maybe it's a lesson. You know, I can then treat these times that, you know, the resistance got the best of me as maybe, maybe, maybe there was something good that can came out of it. As Jocko Willenek would say, you know, if uh, the mission didn't go according to plan, good. Didn't get what I wanted, good. There's some things that can come out of it. So don't get too down uh, on ourselves when we don't uh, live up to our fullest potential. When it comes to, to beating down the resistance, treat failure and success uh, largely the same with some kind of indifference and temperance in the middle. Number 10, be free from the opinions of other people. I think that was Abraham Maslow said that people that are self-actualized are able to not be subject to what other people think about them. This is a hard one. You know, again, we're social beings. Fear of rejection and need for acceptance of other people is real. And maybe that's part and parcel, uh, you know, due to evolution, but but it's also a weapon of the resistance. And and if we get caught up in worrying about what other people think about us, uh, the opinions of other people mean more than the, uh, to us than the opinions that we hold into ourselves. You know, we can become prisoners of other people, and and you're know, worrying about what they think about us, and you know, it gets to be this trap where um, imagine the resistance would just love us to be prisoners of what other people think about us and to to have that confidence within ourselves and to have that peace and serenity within ourselves and and knowing that there's always going to be the critics out there there's always going to be people that don't appreciate and lead with hate and, and and all these other kind of things no matter who who a person is how wonderful they are there's always going to be someone that's criticizing them and, and, and to have the right constitution and frame of mind that that's just uh, going to be a part of life. It's a tax of leadership for sure. You know, anyone in a, a position of leadership, um, people are going to have aim at them and uh, to be free from uh, and not a prisoner of, you know, people's opinions and points of view is a huge one. That would be number 10 is learning how to be free from the good opinion of other people. Thank you, Abraham Maslow. Uh, number 11, be inspired and not passionate. Um, you know, inspiration, I believe the etymology of the word is to, you know, having spirit, to be inspired is to be within our spirit. And again, going to our greater calling, to be in touch with that force within inside of us that's truly us. Uh, when we're in alignment with our, or with our heart and with our mind, and to be doing what it is that we're called to do is inspirational. Now, passion, I think, gets talked about a lot in a, in a positive way, and, and I can understand that. But I really, truly think like when I when I think of passion, I think of very short lived, fleeting, very high energy, not sustainable kind of energy that's out there that can almost be uh, the metaphor I like is, um, you know, a car that, you know, is pushing on the brakes and fully pushing pedal to the metal at the same time. There's a lot of passionate people out there. Um, that can get things done out of the gate, but to sustain like a, a very high level of passion. You know, people that are trying to summit Mount Everest are very passionate. Maybe that gets some people to the summit. It also gets some people killed in, in doing that. And so when I talk about passion, 
I'm not maybe meaning it in the way that other people might mean it. And when they're using the, the word, they might mean what I define as inspiration or enthusiasm. Again, enthusiasm is more like enthusio, like in, in God. And so I think that those are higher callings. I think like resistance can come to in the form of passion, being like highly emotional, highly charged up about certain things, being revved up, but not necessarily going anywhere at the same time. So I do think it's important to be inspired versus passionate. Uh, number 12, just uh, this is kind of a catch-all, but in previous episodes, we've talked about top 10 list of things on how to beat stress, a top 10 list on how to actually achieve a behavioral change. I will refer you to those previous episodes. Perhaps we'll even link those dojos into this dojo because if you go down that list, both of those dojos will provide a very concrete list on, on how to beat resistance. And, and that can be, you know, anything from, you know, ensuring that we're getting enough sleep, that we're eating healthy diets, that we're being physically active enough. Cause if we can keep our body in a good place, that it's going to help our mind, help our spirit. There's so many different other things in there as well. Having good social support, surrounding ourselves with, you know, people that are positive and, and lift us up in our lives. Um, there's a lot of different information in there that I think are full on ways that we can beat our resistance. So I won't be redundant any more than I already have in those, but check those episodes out. They are very specific skill-based strategies on how we can beat the resistance. Um, number 13, the last one I'll wrap with, which is, is included in those episodes, is memento mori. Live our life like this is our last day, and it's the day that we have in front of us. And we would want to, I hope, live it to the best of our capabilities, showing up in every second of this day realizing that it is potentially our last moment that we have here on the planet and how do we want to spend it what thoughts do we want to hold what words do we want to say what actions do we want to take and and leaving nothing undone that we wouldn't uh, have an alignment with our highest purpose and with our highest calling because you know what, what happened five minutes ago we'll never get back again you know so death isn't this thing that's in the distant future it's happening right now in every moment you know, we don't get back the time that we spend. It's very important that I believe, for me at least, that uh, spend that time living life to its absolute fullest and, and realizing that um, at the end of the day, um, I want to be able to look back on that time that's spent and that's spent it in the best way possible. So realizing our own mortality, I think, is something that can ultimately bring down the resistance because, for me at least, brings in the full-on value and gratitude I have to be able to breathe this air, to realize that I am alive, and what a miraculous gift that is. And I do not want anything to come between me and my life's calling and my purpose. And that, in case you haven't got it through three episodes uh, already, that is the aim of the resistance, to prevent us from being who we're meant to be, being the best versions of ourselves possible. We got to do this now. We cannot waste any time. We cannot procrastinate. Do it now like it is our last moments that we have here on the planet. To hold space in our thoughts, in our hearts, in our spirit that's truly connected to who we are because we need to be the best versions of ourselves possible so that we can be of service to other people and help them beat the resistance down too. I really appreciate the ability to articulate some of this wisdom that is not mine. The true genius in, in this is Stephen Pressfield. 
He says it way better than I've articulated it through these three past episodes. So if you want to go right to the source, the book is The War of Art. I thought it important enough to bring on to the dojos because we've talked a lot about things that are very important in terms of finding that life's purpose and how to go achieve it. But uh, one thing I haven't uh, really, I think, articulated well enough throughout these dojos is the things that can prevent us from doing that. And I think uh, no one has done it more masterfully than Stephen Pressfield's War of Art. I wish you the very best in your day-to-day efforts to be all that you can be and to do whatever you can to overcome any resistance that you may have in your life so that you can live the independent life. Until the next time, onward and upward. Thanks for listening to the Independent Life Podcast brought to you by the Center for Independent Living of North Central Florida. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you know anyone who might benefit from listening, share this podcast and invite them to subscribe too. For questions, suggestions, or if you have a story you'd like to share, please email us at cilncf.org at gmail.com or call us at 352-378-7474. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, support, advocate, and empower each other to live the independent life.